you really you really are the the guy fieri of gear podcasts oh, i love it dude I, I i absolutely i've already dyed my hair you haven't seen me in a while but it's oh it's we already white. we missed halloween damn it it's white i was just guy fieri for halloween and then i just stuck i stuck with the look <laughs> I'm the Guy Fieri of Something podcasting. special. You're the, uh, who are you? If I'm Guy Fieri, are you like, uh, I don't know. What's the Hell's Kitchen guy? Are you the Gordon Ramsay? The Gordon Ramsay? Ooh. Ooh. He's got a little okay, edge gonna, to him? I guess if we're going to keep it in the food world. I, yeah. Look, I've got to be honest. If I could be anybody in the food world, I'd be Padma uh, of Top Chef because I think she's just the bee's knees. I've, uh, I've never. Padma I've, is my number one. Hollywood admittingly never never watched the show and I I've heard Lakshmi is a beautiful former model who's also a food a chef and food critic and host of a multi-award winning Bravo's Top Chef on Bravo well you uh, are also watching it for years I'm super obsessed with it and and her in particular you know you have a little bit of a modeling career behind you as well Oh dear. Uh, with your uh, commercial work, you know. There have been a few things throughout the years, but not <laughs> the, the, it's I've just fooled them long enough until they figured it out. I got my check and get out of there. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Don't let them know. All right. Um Let let's us start, this start thing, huh? a show that we have. We have a show together. I'm Henry, you're Dave. Hey. I guess I go by Hank sometimes on here. I don't it's, I don't really know Do like, I don't actually call myself Hank all the time. I don't know. I do think maybe people get confused. I have encountered in my life that not everyone is aware of the fact that Hank is short for Henry, so let me clarify for the world here mm. for the first and maybe last time. Hank is short for Henry. I'm both of those. You're Dave. Yep. And this is episode 82. That's awesome. Your Buds podcast. It's my birthday year episode. I was going to guess. I was going to. Okay. Were you? Man, I'm glad you Sorry, said that. I, I was going to ask you. you no, no, that's great. That's perfect. That, I, I'm glad we're on the same page today. This this is uh, this bodes well. I'm feeling I it. didn't clap very well earlier, but no, I did. You should uh, see the waves the on page. my end, bro. They're, they're thick waves, bro. They look good. Thick waves. Yeah, that's That should be a band name. I would listen to that genre. Thick waves would be a cool band name. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know how much of that early uh, chatting that we just went through is going to make it in hmm. after the edit, but uh, it could be. It could. This could be a pretty late symphony here. So let's just jump into that. Let's dive right Here's in. A symphony of corrections. Here's your weekly reminder <clears throat> that cables are tone tubes. Thank you. Everyone listening to this, anyone that's ever listened to any of our episodes, although I guess you'd have to be listening to this one too for this thanks to make any sense but thank you <laughs> we do it for each other we do it for you follow us on instagram at gearbuds podcast facebook i don't is it is it facebook.com slash gearbuds i think it might be it's either Jeez, that slash yeah. gearbuds or slash gearbuds podcast i know i did that i should know I that know. yeah i don't i don't know honestly. yeah get it tattooed on your forearm <laughs> forehead uh put it next to the bart simpson oh yeah and sure. uh or is that your i guess that's your upper arm right it's my like lower tricep area to get a little specific there with Dave's tattoos. <laughs> Subscribe if you don't already. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google, everywhere else. Uh, ooh, got a couple a couple things here for the uh, for the free stuff. Nice. Like podcast.com slash free stuff. Oh, I should mention that for months. Uh, originally when I named it, I, I named it gearbudspodcast.com slash free dash stuff mm-hmm. and um, and then I was like, oh, that's clunky after I said it for a while, but then I was afraid to change it. Long story short, I changed it. It's just slash free stuff. So I'm sorry if you've got that bookmarked. <laughs> You're going to have to update your bookmark. It's still accessible via the normal means. Will it redirect them or above. will it will it show them the error? Like I, the did not set up, error? I, I did not set up a redirect. It'll give you a 404. <laughs> All you got to do is just, just click the thing up on the top where it says free stuff and it'll take you where you got to go. Good to know. Uh, we've got some uh, free sample packs that Slate, uh, Stephen Slate, maker of many fine musical wares, has put out. Have, I've downloaded them i have not investigated them too deeply but i know that there are i think it's six different ones and there's like 808s and all sorts of different samples that one might want to have in their producer toolkit so i'll get a link to that up Uh, and i've got an update for a previous uh, conversation about free stuff it might have been last week i can't ever remember i think it might have been last week Mm -hmm. regardless we're talking about a new or not a new plugin but a plugin that was newly free which is no longer free uh, that was the Waves IRL, which is their reverb that's an IR loader. We got into a little bit of conversation about IRs, uh, convolution <laughs> reverb, the whole thing. Dave's dying right now. 
going to leave that in for sure. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I've I've been digging into it, man. And I actually, I, I think I even sent you and Stingray, now I think about it, uh, some screenshots of different uh, IRs and, and, and some of the, the stuff I was experimenting with. Yeah. For instance, putting the drums that I was working on at the time in Wembley Stadium. Or or I, I think I made the joke that uh, we've got to finish those Hot Bloods tracks of yours with uh, for school one of bus. your bands. Or, and yeah, and one of the IRs uh, that was in this pack is a school bus. Well, that's awesome. Uh, so it's it's been it's been pretty interesting, and and actually, you know, I don't know that I. It's not like a if we're gonna do a blind taste taste test. I don't know that I could say like, oh yeah, that's definitely in a bus now, or that's definitely yeah, you in a Lincoln Navigator, off, or that's right. definitely in a studio, but whatever. It, it changes them pretty significantly. It absolutely think. changes them, and and it's a really useful thing. Uh, I've noticed a couple things about it though that I want to update. Uh, so the when you download the the plugin itself and when you buy it it comes with a certain amount of irs i think it was like a hundred or something like that mm-hmm. and the plugin the plugin itself was fairly beefy i don't know I, I i didn't write down any specifics but it was at least a few gigs you know and uh because th- these are big big uh, pieces of of information that you're using these these maps these digital maps are pretty big files yeah, absolutely well i got another pack of there's like another hundred i think IRs to go with this and I was like oh sweet like I even more to go to go in this thing expand it because it's an IR loader you can take any of your convolution reverbs throw any of the IRs you have throw it in there well uh they're very big files dude like I I was like man why what all where did all the storage on my internal drive go (laughs) and I looked and it was like another 10 gigs just for the presets uh, that I added to this thing so keep that in mind I mean you know yeah when I, I I have a couple of different utilities I use to keep track of the the space on my hard drives. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is is called Omni Disk Sweeper, I believe, um, or Omni Disk Mapper. I don't remember Omni Disk. If you search that, you'll find it on Mac. And then there's another one that I use called App Cleaner. Okay. Uh, but anyways, I was looking at the Omni Disk one, and it basically show it allows you to in a sort of a few different ways kind of visualize or, or see what is taking up a bunch of space on your hard drive and where it's coming from whatever and uh most of my on my hard drive right now most of my internal space is taken up by music stuff of course but most of that is actually sample packs i have like it's something like 100 gigs mm-hmm. just of like sampled drums and pianos and all these multi-sampled big packs like built into the ableton as well as just different ones that i've downloaded so um, these things can get pretty big, man. Something to keep in mind if you're like, where's all the space going on my yeah. hard drive? Maybe maybe take a look and, and look at some of those sample packs that you have or some of the, the different plugins that you have. That's a great tip. Yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, we just, we just, we just like tips around here. Uh, let's get into bad fucking <laughs> ideas. Speaking of tips, um, start with this one. Uh, man, this one was kind of a bummer for me as a fan of the band, but it has recently, uh, this within the past couple of days, come to the world's attention that um, Stefan Carpenter, the guitar player from Deftones, Deftones right. is a, uh, he's a, he's a COVID denier, man. Oh, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, like de- denies that it's even happening or real. I would call uh, that a conspiracy. An- anti- he's an anti-vaxxer. Basically. Oh, he's oh, a, wow. he's a, fl- he's a flat earther, big time flat earther. Like he just, he just, oh, he's he just, just interview where insane. he re-revealed all this stuff. So yeah, man, it's, it's weird. It definitely brings to mind something we've talked about a lot. The whole, like separating the art from the artist thing, yeah. you know, how hard is it to still enjoy something when you know the person or people making it are fucking buttholes that are actively making right. the world a worse place. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's I guess that's his opinion. I mean, it's not going to change the fact that like Around the Fur is like an album that changed my life forever as far as like what heavy music sounded like to me. Um, But that's not cool. I mean, what did he say this in an interview you said? Yeah, in an interview, it's extensive. He, he, I mean, if I think Flat Earth is what started it. And then he just went on to list off all of the things that he believes and it went on and on and on and it was all the things I've talked about and more uh, uh, but it was yeah it was just like one one right after the other but then yeah the whole COVID denial thing ma- anti-mask anti anti-vax the whole thing he just went for it interesting wow. he just went for it so, um well bad I, idea yeah super bad idea I mean I guess they're not playing like a show anytime soon or anything because of like his opinions right I'm sure they're still not you know that can be argued you know yeah yeah, I, I just don't know if, like, it'd be one thing if he was like, oh, we're going to go play a gig. Like the dude from uh, Smash Mouth. 
you know it was like yeah i i bet that there is there is some sort of like connection to uh you know rap metal revival going on where he could deftones could get a gig uh (laughs) that's interesting interesting little segue though because one of the other things i wanted to quickly touch on and i don't have all the specifics uh i don't even know if Ticketmaster frankly does but they have Ticketmaster masters announced that they're going to start doing this vaccine check thing yeah uh, we're at their show where they can cross-reference your your past recent negative test results before they would let yeah. you into one of their shows and and then i'd probably even do some sort of like temperature check which frankly is not a very yeah indicative could, right, uh, symptom tell for the or symptom for the for the covid but yeah we, um, I, I don't know we, what do you think about that i think what do you that's think really smart i think thing? look i think um this is what we're gonna have to do you know at this point um you're gonna you know i think we were even talking about this on an episode or maybe just on the side but you know, if, if they come up with a way where, well, first of all, we need this testing thing to go a lot faster. And I you know outside of this conversation, we've we've talked yeah. about testing and of you know, results and how long things can take. Um, for, so I think, for, you know, a quick test is going to be the first thing that's going to help a lot of this go through. But then if they have, you know, like like I think what they're talking about is some kind of app on your phone that says green light, you're good to go. Uh, you know, assuming right. like that what the, what the, get, what the Asian co- countries are doing that have been successful with with uh, yeah. isolating it, and the, assuming the, the, that can't get like, like tracking, yeah, and assuming it can't get hacked easily, or you can Photoshop it to make it look like you were, you know. But uh, regardless, I think that's what you have to do, and you might have to turn some people down at the door. And I don't, you know, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, that's um, the way forward. I, I agree. If I, I I agree with everything, and especially where you're coming from, and I, and I think that part of it is wishful thinking in some ways. I guess the, the reason I say that is because uh, if I can just be the devil's advocate for a moment, mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever, have you ever tried to, have you ever tried to uh, get tickets on a Ticketmaster presale and seen how they handled large volumes of don't they well crashing and, and yeah i have apart. i have i think i wanted so to get, th- yeah. that gives me pause when i think about them handling oh right mass testing that puts my health at risk mm-hmm. knowing that they're you know their their technologies are the ones uh at stake well, uh, when when that's determined so so i yeah i don't know man well i think I, they would need I, a second sure. i think they would need a second party to to develop the app to actually like it wouldn't be ticketmaster's app but they would be in partnership with the app and then you would totally. hope that uh, you know developers who are smart enough to to know you know if you get tested send it to this website and you have to go through this app and put in your id number let's say and it shows red or green and you're either you either have it or you don't um it shows when you were tested what date um and i think all that i think that's a step forward in the right direction man i mean this whole yeah, people are going to cry big brother and in, in invasion of privacy. Well, then just don't, you don't do it. You know, that, then you also don't get to have a cell phone because guess what? Right. Like, yeah. If all, you don't think I, they're already <laughs> tracking where you're Dude. going and what you're doing. And, and I've worked in that in yeah, the world exactly. of tracking people on the internet. Like I understand, like they're all, if the, the you just have to give up that notion or, or just get rid of all digital devices at right. this point. Go get one of those, uh, what are those little smartphones or not? A, it's like an anti-smartphone a burner, man. Just yeah. Like go get a, a but even, dude, burner. even burners you try. I mean, I've seen a breaking bad. You, they try yeah, to eat those dear. MFers. They break that thing and throw well, it in the pond and they still get it back and get the info out of it. So, you know, hopefully, you, hopefully but, we can figure uh, this but out. I, think we're I, I remain Step cautiously right optimistic. Direction. Yeah. Maybe, cautiously optimistic. Maybe. We'll yeah. see. All right. I like it. Good topic. Man. We're still in bad fucking ideas. So I want to, uh, I want to talk about some Craigslist. Oh, uh, dude, and, there's been some heaters. Facebook and some dealing and some heaters coming through. I love it, man. Uh, I've got a couple a couple that I actually uh, screenshot for this week. I'm not going to read the entirety of them, but they're, it's more so. I think these are almost onion-worthy headlines, so I just wanted to, to make sure that these were... I don't know. I th- that these are documented for history. This is gold, man. By the way, are- I want to preface: they're giving us an extra like ten minutes of content here. I, I want to thank the people out there who are posting these things on Craigslist. I love it, dude. I think it's keep brilliant. them coming. Keep them, coming. please. Uh, here's this headline. We've got we've got two. Uh, I'm just gonna read it verbatim. Okay. Rick and Rickenbacker copy guitars. I want to buy yours, and then in all caps, they're not illegal. <laughs> And then the copy goes on to to in in rambling un un unreally capitalized or punctuated English, uh, tell talk about why they're not illegal and they won't be confiscated and you can't be uh, sent to jail. So um, I just oh. I just need to know what what's going on with this guy. Wait, what's going on with his life? I think I know what's going on. So he wants one really badly, right? 
And he thinks there's a group of people who own these lawsuit Rickenbackers who specifically want to sell them, but aren't selling them for the reason that they might get arrested. Is, am I on the right track here? Dude, I don't know. Let, can I just... Okay, let me read a little... Just one part of okay, this. Okay, give me some more. Uh, the copyright owners can't have you arrested. Napoleon Dynamite is not real. What? Look at the strat. There are millions of copies. Show me who has theirs confiscated. Proof is on your end. Duh. I don't know. See, here's the thing, man. Here's the thing about posting something like this. This guy thinks people are going to respond to this. But in the long run, this guy sounds so crazy that even if I had one for sale, I wouldn't sell it to him because I don't want to meet him in person. He sounds like a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, perfect. Napoleon Dynamite is not real. What is that? That's a period on it. I can't can't say anything better than that. Let's move on to the next one after that. You nailed it. Uh, here's the, I, this one. I can't wait to hear your take on this. this you're doing great. Uh, here's the headline. <laughs> Don't send money to anyone on here. Great reminder. This is in the musical <laughs> instruments section. This isn't like, this is, you know, this isn't in the free stuff or like misconnections well, or something. Tip. Yeah. All right. Don't send money to anyone on here. Scammers. And then in parentheses, all of Chicago. Did you guys see that 1990s white telly for $300? Then the guy gives a Springfield, Illinois address. He apologizes for being too far, then offers to shit, blah, blah, blah. You send him $3 and $40, and you get shit back. What? This guy is obviously a con man. I shouldn't have to say this, but don't give money to anyone unless you see the item in person. Oh, my God, dude. Didn't we do one like this last week where I said, or two weeks ago, whatever, and I was like, this guy obviously got burned and is trying yeah. to help people, which is nice. But it's like how he sent somebody $340, obviously. How much money did you send and who did you send it to? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, like, I mean, the, you, why are you venting this at us right now? Because we all, everybody knows this already. This is gold. I love this, man. I feel like Craigslist is getting even crazier, dude. And as somebody Craigslist who's- is getting even crazier. Oh, dude. Speaking of, by the way, I don't know if you've, if you've messaged anybody on there recently. No. Uh, there's no. a new, there's a new double verification oh, really? system on there where, you know, it used to be, it'd be like- click to show email or whatever and then you click another thing and it opens right. up the link in gmail or whatever right now you have to do a double captcha where first you say i'm not a robot you click the thing and then you have to do two sets of images which frankly stress me out every single time oh wait. i don't is it i don't like know the, if that um, is a motor carriage or, is it the one like yeah click all the stoplights in these images or whatever like yeah but it'll be time. like airplanes or trains yeah, which and then one's the a images will look sort of like in airplanes or trains it's yeah. really stressful those are weird twice every time you gotta <laughs> reach out so i i think that's probably good though because it's gonna weed out the bots mm-hmm. even though i mean we like some kinds of bots we don't like those kinds of bots is that for and um that's for posting not just that's uh, for no, that's responding. for contacting yeah posting is is I, there are no captions okay let's not change that then because i want to keep these kind of posts going i don't want to make it any more difficult for these type of people to be able to uh Agreed. post their post their feelings but yeah so you're saying if you respond to somebody they make you be like wh- which one has a fire truck in it or whatever exactly speaking of there's that's one right. there's one coming by the coming down the pipe right there now. it is every week every week hey Gotta guys leave it in so yeah no uh no surprise we're still recording remotely this obviously. is the sub 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 segment <laughs> it's called fire dave has by. a fire truck going by all right he's gone um well that's that's fun man you picked out some real gold ones dude i, I have to say i think the best two i've seen so far I agree. I I've now I've gotten in the habit of instantly uh, screenshotting because uh, they're you know they just get pulled. The guy who random dude. The guy with the Rickenbacker copies. I mean, and and as somebody look, here's the thing, man. Um, you know, I had that I had that Rick copy for a while. That Ibanez '70s Ibanez lawsuit. Super cool Rick copy. Just didn't play it that much. Ended up selling it, but I had it for like six years probably. That I when I wanted one and was trying to find one, which was even harder in like 2010 to find something like that. I looked up and down. So I feel this guy's frustration. This guy's at the point where he wants one so badly that he thinks people are hiding them from him. <laughs> like everyone's in on the joke. It's the no it's the no homers club. It's the no Rick's club yes. for this guy. Yes. They but all- I see a Rick in there. I didn't say no Rick. It says no Ricks. <laughs> Maybe he oh man, this is this is gold, dude. I love it. Um, and by the way, as somebody who has owned a Rick copy, they're going up in price just by the real thing at this point, man. The people are asking a thousand bucks for like a Rick copy now, which is insane to me. I got mine for like two fifty. Um, yeah, dude, go, the numbers are going the, insane. Save the pennies, get yourself a real one. You won't regret it if that's really what you want. 
or just dude. I mean, there are some other stuff we can say about Craigslist and, and, and the fact that I've expanded my my escapades into Facebook Marketplace. Maybe we'll get back to that. Maybe oh, not. We but should get, we because should get you said it. that. Yeah, but really, really quick at least, yeah. I want to I want to mention. Have you have you do you, I, I'm assuming you must do you get the reverb market emails that they send where it's like uh, market update on uh, uh, d- distortion pedals, market update no, on microphones. I don't think I do. For some reason. Oh I, man. I okay. Why, I don't know why I you don't either. Yeah. Maybe I just. They like, come in every. I mean, I don't. Maybe know. I delete them. Honestly, like week like, or so ago. Every 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 week or so, okay. there's one. But although the, the it was going on for a while, I don't know how often they do it. Like every year or whatever. Anyways, they send out these market emails where it's like, here's a market update, and maybe it's just based on stuff that I've sold or purchased or watched or whatever. I'm not sure, but right. it's all very relevant stuff to me that I am interested in, and. Every single one, because it'll say, here it is, the first thing they'll show you in the email is that here it is, the entire market, the entire subcategory versus where it is one year ago today. Right. Every single one right. is up. Oh. At least 10 to 15%. <laughs> numbers uh, and this is these are numbers not just of, of what people are asking these are what things are selling for wow. everything is selling for substantially more money these days right now man it's like it's wild and it's, i keep getting every, every every it's like this running joke with myself where every time i get another one of these market update emails i'm just yeah. waiting for one to finally say that something's down it'll show you know it'll, is it, specific? it, it down like, even like, more granularly like, how specific is it yeah i was gonna say like is it, it gets just super specific it'll tell you like, Microphones. It, there, there's a bunch of different subcategories, and then within those subcategories, there are subcategories. But it'll break, you know. You can and you can get access some of this data yourself on Reverb, but you know things like the top sellers and um, both in per units and just total sales. Obviously, that's to capture cheap stuff versus expensive stuff. Uh, and then it'll and it'll even show you, you know, how much an OCD pedal version two used to sell for versus what it sells for now, and and that kind of thing. It's right. really it's really informative, and honestly. M- at the at the at the larger category level, every single one is up. Of course, there will be individual parts that pieces that are up and down or whatever. Right, right. Um, but for the for the vast majority of everything, it's all up, and it's just striking to me how much more expensive stuff is. So I guess the point is, if you've got some stuff to sell, you can sell it. Seller's market right now. And uh, I'll just do a little another another little uh, reverb shill, even though you know they're not paying for this uh they've also <laughs> they finally added combined shipping which is pretty yeah, bad that's very cool uh if you're selling if you've got a bunch of stuff in your store and someone wants to buy a bunch of it uh they used to make it a little more complicated than it needed to be uh, to right. actually do all that you had to kind of like fake it sort of just do stuff for free shipping or whatever now they've made it so you can just do combined shipping all there boom bada bing i've actually done this uh with pedals for someone before so uh, very happy to see Thought they added that on reverb. Go sell some. Go sell a whole bunch of stuff to someone. Um, speaking of reverb, I just and I was talking about this. I think right before we started recording, uh, my buddy Paul, a former guest on the show, probably one of our uh, first yes. guests, um, second guest. I he, was just looking at. Yeah, that. yeah. He's picked up two really cool guitars recently, and he the first one is a 1966 Hofner bass. Uh, the you know the 501, um, like the the Paul McCartney, you know original the violin bass yeah exactly um i've played one before they sound cool you, if you want i love those sound things, like the beatles man, they, honestly and you, they're so light they're they're almost too light i was gonna say like you almost feel like you're gonna crush it like if, you can't yeah. really like lay into it you know what i mean like totally. i really like to like push it against my body when i'm playing like especially if we're rocking out i feel like i would break that thing uh pretty easily and i'm i'm sure if i can then you would probably too um he had it listed for two days and it is gone uh i was sad because yeah. Um, I'm in a little bit of a quarantine right now and I was waiting for him, uh, to let me play it and he listed it and sold it immediately. So that uh, guy, he, yeah, he made a good amount on that. So you're right. Seller's market, like for what he had it listed it for, I was like, Oh, that's going to sit there for a minute. And, uh, I went to check it this morning just to send you a text about it to see how cool it was. It, it looks great. Um, and it's gone. So he gone, he gone. Um, and he also bought a 1924 Martin um had it re you know reworked over at uh i think he went to fretworks up in lakeview nice and uh you would like that so i'll send you that listing after we get off here maybe i'll post oh it. you've shown me that bad boy did i say i think i showed you the the husk when he the bought be- it i think you showed me the before yeah dude it looks they did so shout out to those guys man they did a job on it man i mean they you know uh put new nut in new bridge you know obviously restrung it i think they did a little bit of fret work you know bracing all kinds cool. of work it needed. It wasn't cheap, but uh, 
hey man, you know, if you get to play a 1924 Martin anytime, that's that's the opportunity. So uh, very cool guitar. So, so I just wanted to throw that it. out there. And I wish I, I wish I had his screen name to shout out, but I I don't know it. So if you want to find his screen name, <laughs> 1924 just, uh, Martin, there's probably go only a find that like away. episode like seven or something, whatever you literally on, dude. And, and listen I think to it was that, like the, one of the first guests we ever had. Actually. I think Dan Liu was Dan the first Liu, guest, yeah, and then he right. and then Paul was number two. Yep, absolutely. So uh, banging. So that's it. Um, Oh, oh, I got one more reverb thing real quick. This semi-reverb related. So uh, we talked about it before, but uh, good friends of ours uh, and future guests for sure that will be on the show, uh, Dan Orkin and Michael Lux, uh, have made, and along with a number of other people from Reverb.com, have made uh, a movie called The Official Pedal Movie. Dude. And the pedal movie. And uh, it's it's coming out in January, and the, the trailer is officially out. It's looking amazing. Yeah. Super stoked about that. A lot of our friends in there, which is super cool. That's really cool. It's former guests and friends. Um, former guests and future guests and friends and, and makers of the things that I, we just, I don't know, the reason that we have this and do this thing. So I'm very, I'm very stoked. I am too, it. man. And you know, if you haven't watched the trailer, go yeah, watch it. Yeah, definitely. The, it's called the official pedal movie, right? It's mm-hmm. called the pedal movie, but I think it's called like the official pedal movie, maybe on the socials or something yeah. like that. I'm not really They'll sure. Find it. They're You'll easy find to it. find. Go to, go to reverb. They'll, they'll show you. As a, go. as a Dave's doc guy, um, I was thinking, you know, we did talk about Maybe one day we'll do an episode where both of us watch a doc together and record. Dude, you're giving away our future Patreon plans right there. Oh, oh is, it, is it a Patreon? Did, I, did, we just, did, we just, did we just unveil too much? We can't say anything more. Can we? All right. Well, this might be the movie for it. I'm just this, Oh, we're doing a special for this movie. Like, I don't, Even if it's not related to what we were just talking about, yeah. we're doing something special. Something special for, for the release of this. It's got to. Maybe, you know, maybe we could do, we could do like uh, riff tracks. Yeah. You know, you have you ever watched any riff tracks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few of them on uh, YouTube. Where, right? you, where we just like make fun of uh, stuff going on in the movie or whatever. Just like, uh, you know, mystery science theater Yeah, style. mystery science, little Beavis and Butthead action That's style. What we'll do. All right, cool. And then we'll jam over it so nobody can hear what's going on in the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, oh my god, I'm so excited. Dude, this is the perfect segue. There's a couple things to announce uh, right now. All right. Uh, first of all, Black Bobbin. We've talked about them a lot. If you haven't already checked it out, uh, good friend Shelby Pollard, his new company, also with future guest Pete Falconer, and I think there's other people involved. But anyways, they have announced a new... I don't know how, I don't know how exactly he's doing it. They're, they each every like series of release has like a number, but whatever it is, whatever their new release is, is a new... Jazzmaster Lawler pickup that they made special custom for oh, really? Robin and Shelby's pickup. So, oh, dude, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and they're they're not even that expensive. I think it was like two fifty for the set, maybe. So that's worth it. Yeah, um, yeah. I have I haven't I can't I gotta be honest I haven't actually played them, so right. I can't specifically say if they're amazing. But if I know Shelby and his love for Jazzmaster and the fact that his company's named after yeah. Jazzmaster pickups, right? They probably did it right. I mean, it's Lawler doing it, so that's so cool. Check man. those out if you're looking for some Jazzmaster pickups. But dude, this one is gonna blow your mind because I forgot about it. It was right before go time for the show here. I don't yeah. even have it in the outline. Okay. And we get to, and and I'm not I'm not sure. We may actually be we may be we may be the first to be breaking some some gear news here. Okay. Uh, on the show by the time even by the time this comes out Monday, we're not recording this, you know, on Monday, of course. Uh, but there's a new Daredevil pedal coming out, buddy. Oh uh, shit. And uh, I've se- I've seen now seen a couple demos of it that Johnny sent me, you know, Johnny up shout shout out from daredevil pedals the owner and creator and mastermind uh and it is called the daredevil pedals british black belt and i think this is the coolest shit ever first of all it sounds amazing so let me just get that out of the way but it really just like when you hear what it is what does it do i i think you're gonna dig it dude so i mean we all know daredevil pedals they do kind of like no fuss straightforward badass sounding stuff well what johnny did was he took the circuit from the marshall microamp you know Mm -hmm. the little yeah little like tiny little little, practice amp that looks like a little baby stack yeah it's cute that people have used you know it's like five five watts or something like that oh it's probably less than it's like probably 0.5 watts honestly (laughs) but people have used that for years i mean like the mini amp thing is a very well-known hidden secret kind of thing where it's like that's a, a great way to get huge guitar sounds is mic one of these up well he took that circuit and made it a pedal so you can then run that into your like regular awesome marshall or guitar amp or whatever and it sounds fucking awesome dude it's like it it sounds different than any sort of 
like it sounds kind of like a Marshall in a box pedal, you know, your Zvex box of rock. Right. Or there's a number of pedals that do that kind of thing. It sounds sort of like that, but it's it's also kind of different and and it's unique because I have never heard that circuit in that context. You know, like I've only I used to own one of those little Marshalls, and like I know what that tinny little thing sounds like, but. I've never heard it in the form of a pedal that I can then run into like my ball, my Balthazar amp for instance, or right, a Fender or whatever. Right. So super excited about that. He's got one in the mail for me. I'm going to be doing no, uh, really? a cool demo. And in fact, um, might have to get you involved in that, but I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll sort that out behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, of course. Um, but here's the, the one thing that I want to say about it too, that I think is, is like the, the best little, the best feature of it. And what will probably, other than the fact that it just sounds good as a distortion box, what we'll put it on people's pedal boards is it has, I think it's called like the tiny switch and you can, and he actually spent like months working on it where he, if you flip the switch down all of a sudden that sound that was like your normal big rocking distorted guitar sound Mm -hmm. now sounds like, the really tiny speaker sound coming out of that little Marshall amp. Oh, cool. The Marshall practice no amp. Shit. So it can still do the like little tinny. Like sound. the broken like a, little radio speakers sound or something. Exactly. Yeah. And he said, that, and, and it sounds really cool. And he said that that was the hardest part because doing the way that, you know, sort of like a on paper engineering way that you, you should theoretically be able to accomplish it did not work. And he said it just created this like insane feedback. Right. Uh, so he spent like months actually tweaking that part of it, but it is tweaked. I think like cyber Monday or something, maybe it's going to become available. So that's coming up soon, but this might honestly, he gave me the, okay. I asked him, but this might be, this might be breaking world. Whoa, here dude, right here, buddy. I know. Uh, I can't fucking wait to hear it, man. I, mean, I can't wait to I can't wait to do a demo. Uh, I've told him that I want to do something sort of like full band style to put it in context. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe we'll have to get you involved one way or another. Throw yeah. a little bass, a little bass through there, dude. I'm in. Let's let's do it, man. Um, Boom. that's fucking awesome, man. And congrats to Johnny and all his success with that pedal company. That's uh, we did we mention the uh, what was that Foo Fighters thing that the guy was wearing? Uh, oh, that's right. That was super Dude, cool. That, we didn't mention that that uh, there was a new Fresh Pots, yeah, Fresh Pots uh, video that came out, which of course is just, I mean, one of the funniest things yeah. ever, frankly, in my opinion, and probably one of my top ten e- most rewatched videos ever. Yep. Uh, but they did a new video where it's like Fresh po- Fresh Pot Tricks, which yep. was like a, a uh, an antidote sort of medicine to like deal with your your addiction to fresh pops. It was great, and, man. It was like a Viagra. Uh, one commercial. of the guys, yeah. one of the dudes in the com- in the in the commercials, wearing a Daredevil shirt. Yep, yep. So that's badass, man. Making it all the way out there to L.A. and He's Hollywood is shit, dog. Fuck yeah, dude. British black belt. I'm stoked. You're stoked. I can't wait. Get hyped. Get hyped. Maybe. Oh, I, now I have to throw the hype. Into Check out the, the hype, black belt dude. and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh man, uh, we've got some more gear news. We can get into that later. I feel like it's time now to uh, for me to be able to say that my favorite two words that I get to say every single week. <laughs> Dave's Dice. Nice. Uh, yeah, I got. Ooh, that's gonna. There's gonna be some nice delay trails on that one. I can feel it. Already. I gave you a little mini drum roll too. I, I know. I loved it. Picked. I up, heard but, uh, it. Awesome. Um. Is as good as I can do. Give it. me dude. a give me a Zerberts of my tummy. Yeah, um, dude, I was uh, I was I was a little excited and disappointed at the same time. I I found a dock uh, the Whoa. other the other day. Hey, look, man, you know this is how this is how it goes. You go fishing for I docks. Know. You go fishing for Dang. docks, and you've sent me a few. But um, I'm also the type of person. I've been saving more into my. I've, I've been I've been keeping you in mind. I have a bunch saved in my in my various services cues now absolutely uh, knowing uh, that you are in the in the hunt on the hunt yeah i'm on the hunt i'm fishing fishing for docks uh so if anybody out there too wants fishing to, on uh, the docks of the docks send us a dock they love or if you just want to talk about it you know talk about fishing some music docks. on the dave's docks fishing that's gonna be that's gonna be the new one um so i will say this i found a dock and i got really excited because this is a band that is probably one of the most merchandised epic bands of of the entire world ever in the history of music, rock music. Kiss. Kiss. Um, Did I nail it? You nailed it. Here's the thing. A little, a little disappointed, but a little also happy and satisfied at the same time. Kiss does not have an authorized documentary. So now this has been kind of an interesting twist to Dave's docs because I stopped watching unauthorized documentaries. I feel like they're just not, um, they're not worth your time, dog. They're not dude. And like, there's so many, it was funny. I was talking to Charlie the other night and like, <clears throat> my old shout dog. out char dog shout out char dog uh good guitar player friend of mine we were talking on the old love tele- charlie missed telephono. that man deeply on yeah a deep level. he misses everything about p 
people and music and all this stuff. And we were talking, he, he watched the um, Bobby Keys documentary that I was talking yeah. about a few weeks ago. Because of Dave's docs? Yeah, because of Dave's docs. And oh, he was like, that. he was like, Tell dude, go leave a review. He was like, but right after they had some unauthorized like Stones documentary. And he's like, dude, it was like some, you know, iMovie 15 year old kid slapped it together for his like high school project <laughs> sort of thing. So, uh, so I guess that being said, I'm not going to watch an unauthorized kiss documentary because I want to really know yeah. what, what happened with that band. Um, but this, this documentary came up and I gotta be honest, man. Uh, it, it was, it was pretty fucking good, dude. What do we got, dude? You're tantalizing me. All right. You're titillating me. Uh, so the name of it is, we love you. Kiss loves you. Sorry, not we love you. Kiss loves you. Kiss loves you. It's a movie about the fans of Kiss. The Kiss Army. The Kiss Army, dude. Like the hardcore. And most importantly, which I was pleasantly surprised, it's about three major tribute bands on the East Coast that are Kiss tribute bands. That's heartwarming. What year is this? Um, so the movie is 2004. But they started okay. they started the filming of it or the beginning of this documentary in '94, and oh, that wow. actually pre-web, right? And that's actually really important because '94 was the year that Kiss took their makeup off, and what that did was it really that late? I just in my yeah. youth, I, I always assumed it was like the '80s that uh, that happened. I thought so too. According to the movie, in '94 is when they officially like wow, took their makeup off. Weird. Yeah, and fans were pissed, right? So what this what happened though is all these Kiss fans and these hardcore like musician Kiss fan guys were like, well we're gonna go make a Kiss tribute band that wears the makeup and we're still gonna put yeah, on that keep show. It alive. Right, right, exactly. So, so this is really about those bands. Um, really, really fucking interesting doc, man. Um, kind of disturbing because you know they're all little nerdy, little weirdo. Um, I would say but if you if you've ever seen is the there movie, Kiss music in the documentary? It's it's them covering Kiss music. So there's no. covers of Kiss music. I will Is not any, say are any of the bands any good. Well, here's the best part. So there's there's three top bands, right? So there's there's Strutter. Strutter is the number one Kiss tribute band in the world, and they were around before Kiss took off their makeup. But at what the time, what defines number one Kiss tribute band in the world? Uh, probably, I guess, like the most gigging, most high, you know, highest paid. Um, okay. You know, official costumes, you know, official, like, you know, the paint looks legit. Boy, it's some of these conventions, like, you see some of the makeup and you're like, what? You just slap that on with, like, your finger. Like, you didn't even use a brush. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to really... Have a do little the... self-respect. That's what I'm saying. Like, either do it or don't do it. But, like, don't half-ass it. Um, so, the Strutter, the Strutter was do the number one Do or do not. Band. There is no try. So, this is really interesting. There's a guy named Bill Sabata who is, like, he's Gene, right? He's Gene Simmons of the band. He's the only one left in Strutter. Because they've just got this rotating thing of band like band members that quit because like kiss themselves, dude. This is what's funny. It's so parallel. He was just taking all the money and he wasn't paying out the rest of the guys. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, he was paying them, but not you know significantly not less than what he was. Sure. Yeah. They're like he made like a half a million bucks one year, and we made like you know ten grand or something. Just oh, like fuck that guy. Yeah. Just like totally fuck that guy type of thing. So then. There's, then they're like, well, there's this upcoming Kiss tribute band called Dress to Kill. Now, they're the new upcoming band. So they kind of, you know, they show them getting ready in the dressing room and they got the looks and they're kind of younger. Because, by the way, Strutter now, these guys are in their 40s. Like, you know, they're getting their, their beer guts on, you know, definitely not looking the part anymore. Dress to Kill, they show them at another show and you're like, oh, these guys are going to be sweet. They look just like Kiss. Young Kiss, handsome. Got the got the makeup and the costumes. They come out and they are awful. Oh no! They sound like the singer is just uh, the guy who does um, uh, Paul Stanley's parts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like tone deaf. Like can't even sing. Uh, you know a lick. Uh, but they're you know they're covering the songs. They're doing the thing. Right after they play, I, one of the guys comes out who's like a, a fan of like all these you know tribute bands and Kiss obviously, and he's like. Well, there's better bands out there, guys. Don't worry. Like, so you kind of showed like they were like, all right, so they're the young guys up and comer. Then there's Hotter Than Hell. Hotter Than Hell is now, well, according to the movie in 2004, the number one Kiss tribute band. They're they're band number three. They're really good. Um, A lot of the guys from Strutter, I think three of the members moved into Hotter Than Hell because they weren't getting paid. But they're like, they're like, we're leaving the band, dude, because this guy's not paying us. But we definitely still need to play in a Kiss tribute band. 
So that's what they did. So really standing on the spike shoulders of, of giants in that situation. Absolutely, there. man. Um, couple other cool things to note. There's a guy named Bill Baker in the movie who's a Ace Freely tribute band, specifically only Ace Freely written songs. They don't wear makeup. Um, he has original songs. <laughs> they play this in the beginning of the movie. It's, uh, it's called Put the Makeup Back On. And it's like, it's something like, you know, put the makeup back on, put the makeup back on. It's really Ooh, catchy. Nice little I Robert was, Palmer. I was singing it, man. And Mandy was in the other room. She heard it and she started singing it, you know, making breakfast. And it was, it's hysterical, dude. Like this shit is, you can't write this stuff. Um, Someone did. I, I did note this. Uh, gear wise, did you know about the Ace Freely smoking guitar pickup thing? Do I ever. Okay. So, you know, he played the three pickup Les Paul. That's right. And um, in the middle pickup, they would put like a smoke bomb. <laughs> and and I didn't know what they were doing during the... I think there's a switch to engage it or like a flint rock or something. But uh, I didn't know what they were doing because they showed the pickup really close. And I was like, why is he taking the pickup out of his guitar backstage before he goes on? They're putting the the smoke bomb in there. So uh, you got to put you got to load it up with the fresh ammo. That's and, I mean, that's, you got to have it in your gig bag. I don't know what's... I couldn't tell. Real Kiss fans out there are going to like just hate this you know because they're like oh dude he played that solo in whatever song i couldn't remember the song he was playing the solo in but a firework shoots out of the top of the headstock at the end of the solo as well so just the whole thing is is beautiful um over the top that's 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 what knights and satan service are all about what's your uh what's your total arbitrary dave's doc ranking it's a tough one man because it i'm having a lot of fun talking about it uh, watching it was a little, it was a little more sad. I won't get into like some of like how weird some of the people were in their personal lives. Um, well, something's going to normal, just like normally well-adjusted people don't join New Jersey's third ranked kiss tribute. band. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, there was a strange one thing I will follow up before I give my arbitrary rating. Um, yeah, there was the, the two guys, the Bill Baker guy who was the Ace Freely tribute band. He actually became friends with Ace Freely and like, they're, they play like a message that Ace Freely left him. He's like, hey, man, it's Ace. Just wondering how you're doing, blah, blah, blah. He, he used to let him like follow him around, right? And then when Kiss... A little, cre- little creepy, but... Yeah, you know. but he was like... He looked just like him, too. That's the craziest part. Like, they have the same hair, similar bone structure in the face. Like, really, Ace really... Ace Freely, not a handsome man. Not very good looking. Um, so this guy, in 96, Kiss puts the makeup back on. After two years, they're like, fuck this. We're putting the makeup on. They probably didn't have any money left. They're like, we're going to play. You know, we're getting, we're going, they did 192 shows in 24 countries. The most successful tour they've ever done was in 1996. Oh my God. Uh, Ace Freely never contacted Bill Baker again, who was his buddy. And Bill Baker goes, yeah, at the end of the movie, he's like, yeah, fuck that guy. I'm an Elvis fan now. (laughs) And he's just like, they zoom out and he's got all this Elvis shit in his like, you know, how you have like a little back bedroom with like Elvis posters and Elvis guitars and like the the suit hanging off the closet and here's here's what's that's not that weird right the weirdest part is there's a family who's like a kiss family um they're all about kiss they made a plaque for uh for paul stanley one time and they were like paul stanley you're our hero it's our four it's a weird plaque it's got a picture of their four-year-old son on it and it's engraved he handed it to Paul. Making anyone a plaque for any yeah. reason with is your, by definition weird. By the way, with your four-year-old's picture on it in case makeup, like what would you do with that? And then on the back, there's a note that's like, hey, and here's our phone number if you ever want to like come to our house. Like really. And here's a vial of our DNA in case you want to replicate. Yeah. So so uh, long story short, he gives him the thing at the convention because Paul Stanley's at one of the conventions. The the sound guy for the documentary like finds the plaque in the garbage, right? Yeah. So he pulls it out. Well, this this documentary is filmed over ten years. So like eight years later, they find the guy and his family, and they're not wearing the kiss makeup anymore, and they're kind of just hanging out. And he's like, "Hey, uh, I found this, and you know, we have oh, we have your plaque hung up in our studio." And he's like, "Oh, like with all the kiss memorabilia?" And he's like, "No, we hung it up because we felt bad because we found it in the garbage that day, that you threw it out." The guy literally turns to him and goes, I don't really give a shit. I'm an Elvis fan now anyways. What? Swear to God. Both of them? They don't know. Those guys do not know each other. Like, this is just some random. So what I want to ask you from a psychological standpoint is, what happens with the kiss thing where you switch to this Elvis thing? Because that's, that's what happened at the end of this movie. It was kind of a M. Night Shyamalan sort of twist. 
That yeah, there is no way you could see that coming. Mm-mm. I don't know. I think I mean, obviously, people that are that obsessive about it, right. are, it's re- it's never about that which they are obsessing. It's it's about their own obsessive tendencies. So yeah. it's not surprising to me that they would get rebuked by someone and that and then turn that attention elsewhere. But why Elvis, man? I, dude, I have no right. But clue. yeah, like that's how so random. Weird. That's literally how the movie ends. Is like the kids like, well, we don't care. We're Elvis fans now. And I'm like, wait a minute. The guy two minutes ago just said he's now an Elvis fan. Yeah. yeah I think it almost has something to do with like the amount of collectible items from that artist. Like if well, you think sure. about like the most marketed artists in history, obviously I the Beatles right, would dude. be up there. But um, Elvis. But and, just in uh, terms of his, merch yeah. and, and, and gear. Lunchboxes. Oh, I, and, dude, I am not like I'm a fan of Elvis. Elvis. I own an Elvis guitar. That's Ooh. what I was going to say. Like there is just Elvis everything just so everything. yeah same with kiss i mean you could be buried in a kiss casket that's been that's exi- <laughs> i'm sure that's, that's existed been for oh that's been no literally for decades you've been able to buy a kiss casket yeah a, ca- a, a kiss kit if you will okay. <laughs> anyways right. i just wanted to wrap it up with that that's Love, what made no, the movie i'm glad really you did especially because i will never in a million years ever watch that and i yeah. would imagine anybody listening to this will, will agree so you gave us the best parts all right well well now give, my, now give us my favorite part which is your ranking my arbitrary ranking for kiss loves you um, I'm gonna give it two and a half out of five stars over the over your left eye, and that's oh. that's all I can do. You know, poetry. Shout out. Well done. Uh, I want to move it on to my favorite segment of the day. No, it's not. Hank hits. You liar! It's bad fucking ideas, and we both know it. It is the Craigslist thing. I got to be honest. The sub segment. I don't blame you, man. This is I, the thing is uh, that I've realized about Hank hits is that. Uh, while while people have told me that they've you know gotten some good recommendations, even even former guests have said, "Oh, I checked that thing out that we were talking about," and so that's cool. But a lot of it is for me, uh, well, and, and just like re-exploring and and reappreciating things that I already love enough to have spent money on and and, and cherish, but uh, just sort of like reconnecting with it on a deeper level, learning learning a bunch of stuff that well, I didn't I, know already. I want to remind our fans that um, if you do want to hear any of the you know, any of the albums that Hank's talking about here, Gearbuds podcast, Spotify playlist, Hank hits, you will find them all on there. That's true. They're all there. And I do make a special effort to try to only choose albums that I can then share via Spotify because, ah, interesting. you know, I mean, I just, otherwise, I'm sure you got some underground really shit. That's like definitely not on there, right? There's def there have been a few things actually where I oh the one last week was interesting. If you guys haven't listened to the last episode, eighty one. Well, you can get one of those songs on Spotify, right? The but the the physical copy of what you were describing, and I won't spoil it for people who haven't heard that one. uh, The physical record sounds incredible, just the way it was. Just say, just gonna say, it's on. It's it's plexiglass. Yeah, a square piece of plexiglass. This week's this week's entry is not on plexiglass. It's on just regular old vinyl. It's on some old vinyl because it's an older record. Uh, are you a fan of Devo? You know what? I actually got the chance to see them live one time. Uh, not too, not too, too long ago. Was um, that like Mars Volta or something? They, they played, played with? with, they opened for, um, um, Arcade Fire. Oh, interesting pairing. Wait, that's no. right. That's right. Was it Wait. Arcade Fire? No, LCD. LCD no. sound system. That did happen. We had to dress up. We had, it was funny. United Center. They on the ticket it said, "Please wear uh, formal clothing." That's r- oh, and dude, I went with Mark. Right. I, I went with Mark and Austin. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was super fun. Um, All right, well, we're gonna talk about Devo. But a Devo bit opened, week. and I will say, uh, they fucking rule, dude. Like, it's not just whip it. It is like they have fucking bangers, dude. So please, uh, let me know what's going on here. Well, we're gonna start. We're gonna start off with where they started off, and that is their 1978 <laughs> debut record entitled. Q, are we not men? A, we are Devo. <laughs> and it came out in 1978. Uh, this one, uh, so let me talk about, I want from the top here, I kind of want to talk about the physical copy itself, um, which I normally talk about at the end, but for a reason, because for, well, for a few reasons. One, uh, I bought it on Reverb LP, which, you know, we, we've talked about on here and, and it no longer exists. So mm-hmm. it right. exists as this sort of like, record of of i guess no pun intended of of that having existed but also it's extra special because it's first of all it's an uh you know original pressing from 1978 and second it was from moby's personal collection 
like the Moby, like that Moby guy yeah. sold a bunch of his records on Reverb LP and I happened to look right when he posted it and it was a totally reasonable asking price and it's a record that I'd always wanted to own. So I was like, That's all awesome. right, I'm buying I'm buying Moby's personal childhood copy of are we not men? We are Devo, and that's, that's what I'm so holding cool, my hands man. right now. You know that probably uh, uh, influenced the shit out of him too. I mean, you know, oh, for, no doubt about musician, it. Musician, yeah, that's fucking. Awesome. How could it not? So, tell uh, us a little bit about it. Yeah, uh, it's an awesome record. No, it was. <laughs> I, 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 I do really actually good. really love it. I, you know, in general, I'm kind of. Uh, I I tend to love debut records most for bands there are of course exceptions for for that but uh with them I, I love this record i'll add it to the uh some of my favorite side one track ones of all time mm-hmm. uh, with uncontrolled yeah. urge uh, but so the record uh, i didn't i didn't know this and maybe i did at some point but forgot but the record's produced by brian eno which oh, you would not shit. necessarily think listening to that it was recorded in cologne germany i mean i and, and many would argue that this and and their future releases defined what new wave music would sort of come to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story is that they were just this band from Ohio. They went to Kent State, like they were part of that whole. They were there for the Kent State shooting, and that really deeply affected oh. all of them and and created sort of a lot of what they came to be known for. And 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 also, uh, I don't think they get a lot of credit for this, but they're a, a a family band they were a brother band the I, Mark mothersbaugh brothers i thought i that heard band. that once but i did not know that yeah that's mark mothersbaugh has since gone on to be a very famous film scorer and in, in, in film super uh, music supervisor with he's done you know ton tons of stuff including mm-hmm. wes anderson movies and all this sort of incredible stuff but anyways him and his brother were someone else that started devo i guess the story is that they had uh, created this just like demo tape that some band, I can't remember what they were called, like Tin Whistle or some shit like that, got their hands on it and sent it to David Bowie and Iggy Pop. Okay. And they were like, who is this Devo? We need to work with them. And then somehow at the same time, Robert Fripp and Brian Eno also get their hands on this tape and they're like, who is this band? We need to work with them. So they almost sort of like, in some ways, kind of had this like, battle for each other and i i saved a quote david bowie said this is the band of the future i'm going to pr- produce them in tokyo this winter well that of course never happened uh he had to film some movies so then brian e- brian they wound up going with brian you know bowie still came and helped out while they're recording this on the weekends like they're recording for a few months in germany yeah. wow he would still come and help brian you know believed in it so much they didn't have a record deal yet he actually fronted costs to like get them over to germany and, and put them up and all this kind of stuff well oh, they shit. wind up kind of clashing in the studio I guess Devo, you know, they were very, still very young, very self-assured, believed right. in what they were, in what in the they were doing. They were making. Yeah. And Brian Eno was, is the kind of producer where he yeah. like joins the band and creates synth parts and, and right. all this sort of stuff. And they were like, they wound up only using it on like three or four songs. And then Mark Mothersbaugh now will even say that, you know, we made a mistake and we should have, we should have been more receptive to his ideas. And I think there was even, I haven't listened, but I'm pretty sure that at some point David Bowie went back and remixed some of the tracks to include Brian Eno stuff haven't heard that yet okay um, so uh like i already said i mean i think just the the fruits of this labor are, are one of my favorite records of all time side one one of the best side one track ones one of the best side one track one album ones ever uncontrollable yeah. urge but with what i find super weird and interesting which of course in hindsight thinking of devo makes total sense their second song that they ever put on any record warner brothers released you know Brian Eno produced big time major label. Right. The second track on their first album is a Rolling Stones cover. What? Which one? Satisfaction. What? I can't like get the biggest Stone song that's ever been. Satisfaction. Yeah, it's first of all, I mean, if anybody hasn't heard it, an incredible cover. I don't know if I've heard it. Is it did they probably heard it before? Yeah. But like um, I'm such a Stones fan that like I'm like yeah. I don't the know feel if I, and the vibe is completely they different. It. Yeah, the the words are the same, but it's interesting because when you and, and I don't want to get too much in like art critique of this, but yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Like I mean, so much of the band is about de-evolution and this like feeling like they're they're not satisfied with what's present in the world. It's putting it into a different context right, than what the Stones were saying right. back then, but they're still taking the same sort of feeling and then and then completely evolving that to the point that like you know david bowie and iggy pop wanted to make this record for them so like right it's it's a bold statement to put your cover oh as i totally agree on, on a date on your crazy. debut record yeah that's insane. yeah 
Wow. And also, the record itself, like, I never really considered too deeply the cover it's got a pretty famous cover where it's like this sort of golfer looking dude with like a it's mostly yellow and then it's got like a white kind of illustrated golf ball on it it says mm-hmm. devo in these colorful letters well it's, it's the main image is this man's face and i read the story is oh, so okay. interesting this wow. we can we can kind of get out on this uh the the image that they originally wanted to use was a they it was like on a a strap that they found and it was a the the golfer chichi rodriguez's face oh yeah and so like the the cover was originally <laughs> that like what it looks like now but with an illustrated version of chichi rodriguez's face well i guess the story is that one of the execs you know the fat cat bigwigs at uh at warner brothers or maybe it was united i don't remember which one they were dealing with at that time uh, was a big golf fan and was like i don't know like that seems like it might be kind of disrespectful to chichi rodriguez right I don't know if we can use this. And it was like the day before press. So that what I guess Mark Mothersbaugh had in the meantime made a composite of a bunch of like presidents he didn't like's face, like Nixon and stuff. So they took the Chichi Rodriguez image, superimposed that with wow. the composite of all these presidents' faces, and that's what the image is on the cover. They've eventually released a, one of the singles from the record is the exact same artwork, but with the original Chichi Rodriguez I was gonna image, say, I which think, I guess he, yeah. he gave the blessing, you know? Right. Um, that's well, yeah, so. it's incredible. Yeah, if you see the original, it's like you can tell how they they kind of manufactured the face on the exactly. Release. That's awesome. So a couple other couple other facts about it. Uh, so if you don't know already, are we not men? That's a that's actually a line from H. G. Wells's Island of Doctor Moreau, a famous quote from that. That's where they oh, that really? came from. Very symbolic, of course, with like the larger message of the both text and I guess entire band uh and the records aged really well uh it still sounds really good most of it like i said was recorded in germany a couple of tracks were recorded here and you can kind of hear the two songs were, that do sound a little bit different they're all mixed in the same place but um it, it still has a nice cohesiveness and they did the, a thing that i really love and i've actually done in in bands as well where they kind of created an overture where that like i said that opening track is uncontrollable urge you know if you if you've never heard it, it's a yeah 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 right. that song they kind of in the last song on the record sort of do an overture with it where they do like uh, the uh, the reprise where they kind of quote the the melody from that again in the end so it's kind of like this full circle beginning and end of the record kind of have this same sort of mel- melodic statement going on which i i've always loved that it kind of makes me feel like i'm watching like a musical or some yeah. like classical piece or something absolutely so. yeah that's enough about Devo, yeah, but man, man, I love that record. I love that I have Moby's copy of it, and um, you know, don't try to steal it from Did, me. He cause... didn't like he didn't like sign it or anything like that, right? No, I was actually thinking about that. I'm glad he didn't. Honestly, like I have the the records of the sale and everything, and that it's like from the official Moby shop and whatever. But right. uh, yeah, I'm glad that Moby didn't sign a Devo record. That would just be kind of. Kind of weird. Yeah. That would, in fact, I mean, it would be interesting, but ultimately it would devalue it. I think. Yeah, man. People don't give Devo enough credit. I mean, I think they, like I said, I think people my age, you know, know we know the the Whippet song, which was on VH1 every like ten minutes. Right. Of but, course. Um, you know, they were really an influential band and really pushed, you know, pushed the limits on uh, kind of punk rock meets synth rock and and all kinds of crazy shit. So. Oh, dude, and, and the song Gut Feeling, uh, in parentheses, Slap Your Mama, or Slap Your Mammy, um, <laughs> right. that's been used in a bunch of stuff. Like, you would definitely recognize that song, too. Yeah. It's like, um, it's been de- also Wes Anderson movies. It's been in a bunch of oh, stuff. Yeah. I think it was in, yeah. like, a famous commercial. There are, these, there are songs on this track that you'd probably be like, I definitely didn't know that was deep. Yeah, you're like, I've heard that before, but I didn't know who that was. Absolutely. Yep. All right, man. We're 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 doing we're we're chatty boys today, but you know we what? Are. We've got a couple other things that we can talk about. So let's just let's just keep this train. Yeah, let's keep it rolling, here. man. I'm down. Uh, I've got two two things that I would like to really touch on. One is that they announced this week uh, that they are releasing Ableton Live 11, okay. which is a huge major up, upgrade from Ableton Live 10, which I and all of us that are. Ableton users have been on for years now. So Interesting. That's a big deal in the in the in the world of how long has it been of users since they've been. You know, that's a good question. It's been at least a couple of years, maybe three years. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things where they're constantly iterating and, and releasing like patches, uh, iter- or patches and updates and yeah. whatever and new instruments. But this is a huge update. Um, I just wanted to quickly touch on a couple of things that I'm excited about because mm-hmm. there are things that have presented actual issues for me in the past and that okay. they're fixing them. So the biggest knock that I and anyone who uses 
live to track is how that they've handled comping and um, doing multiple passes and takes in the past. It's not like uh, Logic or Ableton or I'm sorry, or Pro Tools where you can easily set up um, lanes where basically you just like it just you, you kind of you had to go through this kind of really annoying manual process to easily comp and do lanes. I got really fast at it, but it was still never clean and as easy as it, as it is in Pro Tools specifically well now they have completely updated all of that you can now do multiple passes and lanes it's all exactly how you'd want it to be um, as well as linked editing which is super cool so like say you're editing a bunch of drum tracks at once uh, you can just s- turn on this linked editing and, and it'll do it across all the tracks rather than having right. to do it multiple times or copy and paste or whatever oh, nice. um, which so that's that honestly number one major thing that I'm super excited about is just how much faster it's gonna make my life um, it also now adds MPE support which is if you don't know like uh, MIDI, you know, you can control things in like an X or Y, basically. Like you have two sort of parameters you can control. MPE adds a third. Um, so like those, there's those rolly controllers that give you all sorts of different um, control. Basically, if you're into MPE, Ableton will now have it. Awesome. They've added a bunch of new new devices. Um, one of the things I noticed is that they've they've made it a uh, sort of deeper uh, integration of templates. I already have a couple templates, as including this podcast template that we're using right now. And I noticed yeah. that in the video where they announced it, one of the things that they showed was podcast templates. So I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that was like that was for me. Are we going to upgrade our podcast template, or are we good? Oh, we are definitely going to upgrade. Um, well, last thing though that I think this might be the sort of killer feature for a lot of people in terms of live use, which obviously it's called live. This from from its yeah. inception was designed to be a piece of live software. Well, right. it has the coolest feature now that I've ever seen uh, in Ableton, which is it has, uh, I think, I'm trying to remember what they're calling it. It's like real-time tempo following. So basically you can add either one of the one of your input sources already or add a separate microphone for it. Say like put a, a mic just on your drum kit mm-hmm. and it'll listen to the tempo that's mm-hmm. coming in and adjust in real time. So okay. say, you're t- like you're, a tap, say you've got like a, a tap song. tempo with like an audio but it's constantly pushing and pulling the audio and the MIDI that's going on in your session to be in sync with a live human being that is, you know, say your drummer's waver in five or six dB around right, what right. the tempo should be. It's going to keep all of your effects, all of your delays, all of your stuff in Ooh. time with a human being. I know, man. It's like there are, there are some things that kind of have, that do that already in terms of AI, but in my uh, in my knowledge, to my knowledge, there I don't hasn't know been anything DAW like that. Yeah. Or like a deep software level integration that will actually allow you to have the human element adjusting your tempo in real time to keep everything locked in. And like, because, you know, people use live Ableton Live for like, syncing all of your MIDI, so all of your synth and keyboard stuff, all of your like guitar changes, you know, say like you're using a Kemper, you can switch all of your patches on there right. for all of your lights. So now you can keep that stuff in sync, but keep the human element, the the uh, the the person playing a guitar or drum kit or whatever in control where you're not the, you're no longer the slave to the click track. The, the click track becomes the slave. The to slave you. to you. Wow. They, they, they flipped the script, man. That's fucking did. amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on that. Seems that alone, that and the comping seemed like the price of admission worth it to me. Um, I don't know the pricing for everything because I own the, like the highest uh, live 10 suite. So I can only see the upgrade pricing to go to 11 suite, right. um, which is right now it's, I think it's like there even, it's even, there's like a pre-order pricing. It comes out in the beginning of 2021. Um, the pre-order pricing is a discount. I think it's like, honestly, nah, I can't even remember like 180, 170 bucks or something like that for me to update it. Um, okay. But, uh, it's gonna that absolutely gonna be worth it just for the, not not only for those features but also for the the extra instruments and everything that comes along with it. I am so stoked, dude. dude that, they do they give you a deal like you know because you you're already a subscriber and all that. They do, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like I think it was like fifty bucks off or something yeah. like that. I can't yeah. remember what it is. Did they? Do you know if they changed the oh, interface? Oh, like, oh no. So oh so like right. So if you were to buy a eleven suite new. I think it's like 800 bucks, but since I already own it, I'm going to pay like 175 or something like that. It's funny, man, because I, you know, I talk to you and obviously, you know, I feel like you're the, like, if I ever have an audio question or recording question, I go to you, you use Ableton and most people do. I know a lot of people still use Pro Tools. Do you think Ableton is, is, is bigger than Pro Tools or more popular? Just no, probably not. or is that Ableton, just like an unfair it, it, question? In the in the in the pure pro world, Pro Tools still is number one. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But the fact is, is that because the technology and the access is prolif- prolif- proliferated so widely, 
now you don't have to have like pro tools was the standard because that's just what everyone got in the studios well now that everyone has it at home kind of doesn't matter as much right uh, so as long as the audio quality is as good i think that they're all they're all interchangeable at this point as long as the workflow is is something that you feel comfortable with i don't think there's really any major difference that's beautiful man um i can't wait when does it come out again beginning of 2021 i don't remember the exact day it's either january or february or something like that regardless i am going to do the pre-order just because like i said it's like 50 bucks cheaper or something oh, yeah. like that and i know i'm going to do it the reason i i didn't already is because i've still been kind of holding out thinking that i might do this luna thing um, right, right but uh and and i've been experimenting with it and it's cool the problem is i still don't have my inter- my apollo at home is still firewire so i don't have thunderbolt uh, access, which means I don't have Luna at home. I'm going to be changing that eventually, so we'll see. Regardless, I'm still going to do it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like I've been in Ableton user since I think like Live Five, right? So right. I'm, I'm, I'm very deep in the ecosystem at this. Point. Oh yeah, dude. And and for you, it's not going to be like starting fresh. I'm sure they're going to have, you know, they're going to, you know, it'll be a, a pretty, I would assume, seamless move into the newer version. You know, as far as key commands yeah. and stuff like that, you know. All the key commands and all the hotkeys and stuff will stay stay the same. I remember there was a there was a period where I remember going from live nine to live ten. There was a period where I still kept nine on my machine just because there were some sort of like incompatibilities and, yeah. and things like that, and you had like kind of resave your files. But um, yeah, I can't imagine there being any sort of real issues moving forward. Well, I will celebrate that, dude. That's fucking awesome. I will celebrate that. You know, also celebrate, man. What's having up? a great conversation with my buddy Dave and having another great episode of Gear. Did Buzz. this already go by? I feel like we've been talking for twenty minutes. It's already but went I by. I guess it's been like an hour. Or so uh, it's been it's been more than that, my friend. Wow. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, no. shout out to Stingray. I know he's coming by. Uh, tell I him. I will. Yeah. I think if we ever do have a return guest, I think he should be the first one, just uh, out of celebration. Well, for that. Unf- unfortunately, we already did that. What? Well, just now, you mean? No, Dan Liu. Oh, you're right. Well, Dan Liu, yeah, because he came Dan with Dan Liu's us. now been on four episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, you're right. That's going to yeah. be a tough one to top. Stingray's just going to be on the next three episodes to, to even it out. Oh, that's awesome, man. You just gave me flashbacks of the hotel room at uh, Anaheim, which I missed. And, no, and, and our, us in our underwear. I can't mm-hmm. wait until we get to do that again. I love it, man. Hey, well, buddy. I love you. Uh, I love you too, man. To I miss you. Together. Yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna we're gonna get some negative tests soon. We're gonna get back in. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get back into doing this in the same room. I think we are, dude. I can't wait. Um, can't hopefully, wait, as soon as next week. So, we'll uh, yeah, we'll talk soon and have a good rest of the weekend. All right. Keep it uh, keep it sexy. You too. Still got to get that closing.